Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Did you see the January 6th tapes on the Tucker Carlson show last night? It's now absolutely crystal clear. The police state's here. How do we know that? Well, we know that because the police states and police states, plural, all have very identifiable characteristics. And some, some of the components around the media portrayal and the government's portrayal of January 6th would lead me to believe that the police state is already here. We'll produce the facts for you in this show, and we're going to back it up, show you exactly why I'm very concerned, not just about the January 6th footage that was released last night, but other things too. I got a loaded show and a special announcement coming up in a minute I'm very excited about. So stay tuned. Today's show brought to you by LifeLock. Listen, tax time is stressful, right? But the stress can magnify if an identity thief steals your information, files a bogus return, and pockets your refund. The IRS recommends electronic filing and using their PIN tool for extra security. Other safety tips include looking out for phishing scams, checking your financial accounts regularly for unusual activity. That's always a good idea. And setting up two-factor authentication. It's important to understand our cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Your personal information gets exposed so often, making it dangerously easy for a cyber criminal to steal your identity. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. I have LifeLock. Why? My identity was stolen. It was a disaster. It took me about six months to clean up. I got LifeLock afterwards. Should have got it before. LifeLock detects and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot in your own, like loans taken out in your name. And if you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it for you. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But it's easy to help you protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Head on over today. Don't wait. To LifeLock.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. That's LifeLock.com slash Bongino for 25% off. Thanks to LifeLock. All right, Joseph, let's go. Here we go, Dano. Woo. So big announcement for me. I'm excited about. Uh, I really, really hope you like this. I put a ton of work into it. Uh, the people I've let read it in advance have had uh, amazing reviews about the book. Um, we really end on a high note. Uh, it is available for pre-order now, wherever you get your books. Uh, the book, you can see the title here and the cover if you're watching on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino, if you'd like to see it. book is called The Gift of Failure. Subtitle, and I'll rethink the title of this book if the book fails. That's <laughs> no, that's really a subtitle. That's on, on the cover, you'll see. <laughs> right? I mean, if the book fails, I'll have to rethink the title of the book. Maybe it's not a gift then. So please don't let the book fail because I really, I told you I'd never write a book again, but this one matters to me. It's part memoir. It's part a, 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 a account of my failures. Uh, the long story short is I got really tired of reading books about how wonderful people are and how awesome they are and how you should celebrate them. So I wrote a book about all the things I screwed up badly. There's a story about what happened with Parlor in there, which you're probably going to want to read, kind of the behind the scenes on that. There's a story Geet thought was hilarious, right, about a Secret Service limo and how it had a tail. A car had a tail. You'll find out in the book how that happened. <laughs> kind of embarrassing. It's an NYPD story, too. Uh, Guy and my wife both, both liked a lot, which kind of shows why what's going on with policing today. There's something that happened to me. Uh, it was a really interesting story. The Gift of Failure by me, Dan Bongino, available now. If you pick up a copy today, I would deeply appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, let's get to the show. The police state is here. The police state is here right now. 
I want you to think about it. What are the characteristics of police states? There have been, sadly, many of them throughout human history. Many of them exist right now, including right here in the United States. They all share certain characteristics. Now, we can argue about the number. Are there 6, 10, 12, 20? I'm just going to go to the things we know are true about police states. I've narrowed it down to five or six things, depending on how you kind of chop them up. Number one, the most significant characteristic of a police state is we don't investigate crimes in search of the people, right? That's what happens in a democracy, in a constitutional republic. Someone reports a crime. Hey, my house was broken into. And then the police go out and try to find the person. That's not what happens in a police state. In a police state, you target people, mostly your political opponents. And then you go and find a crime later, which sounds suspiciously like what happened to an individual in the January 6th thing after looking at those tapes last night. We'll get to that in a second. Characteristic number two of a police state, we're going to go through these one by one. Abusive surveillance. No good police state. And I use the word good sarcastically. They, they, it was without surveillance. They surveil and watch everyone. That's how you keep people in line, if you know what I mean. Joe wants to complain about the grand leader, whoever he may be. It'd be a real shame if your neighbor ratted you out and you found yourself in the gulag, wouldn't it? <sighs> Is that the moan you'd let out if they come, yeah, that, that, yeah. come and handcuff you? That was it. Number three, state control of the media. Do we even need to go into that here? We will, but hold on. I'll give you examples. Four, you got to silence your opposition and any whistleblowers as well. Wait till I get to that. Five, there's always some form of corporate cronyism. They have to get the businesses and they have to capture them. That's happening now too to help them advance their goals. You can't have a free economy in a police state. It just doesn't work that way. And in six, there's usually some kind of grand law enforcement corruption scheme to be involved in the whole thing, too. So let's go through them one by one, because this I found really devastating after watching it last night. So Kevin McCarthy, sticking to his word, released the full portfolio of January 6th videos. Tucker Carlson and his production team got a hand on them. Now, just disclosure, I work at Fox. I did not have any access to these. Our team did not. I just want you to understand that there's no... Games here. I only saw what you saw last night on the Tucker Carlson show. Our teams sit together, my show and their show, but we didn't, there's no interaction. I want to be clear on that so you understand. I saw what you saw last night. So the first and I think most important and most dangerous component of a police state is when the police start searching for people in search of a crime. In other words, I don't like that guy, Donald Trump. So let's just investigate him. Well, that sounds like something that's happening right now, right? Well, of course it is. That's why we live in a police state. But do you remember the QAnon shaman, the guy who on January 6th had the big uh, hat on with the horns on it and painted his face? And he, you know, sounded like Tom Cruise in, uh, in uh, not Tom Cruise. I always say Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks in uh, that movie Castaway. Look at what I have created. He talks like that when he creates the fire. That's a QAnon shaman. Some of you remember him. You saw him in the, in the chamber on Capitol Hill that day. And the QAnon shaman became kind of the police state media symbiote's public face of January 6th. Why? For a number of reasons. I mean, he obviously looked the part that the media government symbiote wanted you to believe that. Look at these conservatives. Look at these MAGA people. You get the point I'm trying to make here, guys? Like, you look, at, look how crazy and nuts they are invading the chamber. This is their leader, Chewbacca-looking guy here. They're all crazy nuts. These are the terrorists you need to be worried about. He fit the part for them perfectly. So the media started to tell you a story 
about the QAnon shaman, whose name is Jacob Chansley, and not the story. He led an insurrection, right? I mean, that's what we were told. Guy was sentenced to what? A, a four months in prison? 40, 41 months or something like that in prison? Well, does this look like a guy leading an insurrection? Because we haven't seen these tapes before. Here's the QAnon shaman. It appears being led into the chamber by members of the Capitol Police themselves. The single most famous person arrested that day was a Navy veteran from Arizona called Jacob Chansley, often referred to as the QAnon shaman. The so-called QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Someone named Q shaman. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th, a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show the Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for paying the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us into the building. So just to be clear, try to burn down a courthouse in Portland, no problem. Burn down, uh, you know, good chunks of New York City and liberal cities around America and ATM, Antifa, BLM riot, you know, no problem at all. Attack pro-life pregnancy centers, threaten them with death and destruction. Doesn't seem to be much of a problem at all. But walk into the Capitol, led around by the Capitol Police, and then thank them for letting you in under what appears to be the mistaken belief that they were entitled to be there. And you get four years in prison? Where are all the ACLU type groups and all the liberals who are like, fight the man, bro? Where are they right now? The answer is their heads are up their asses. That's where they are. They're ignoring all of this intentionally. Why? Because they love the police state because they're totalitarian wing nuts. And I got a couple of things to say about this. Number one, if that looks like an insurrection to you, you're insane. Now, I am not, will never suggest, and have never suggested, and I will absolutely categorically refute and humiliate anyone who says otherwise with footage of me saying otherwise. That, yeah, everything on January 6th didn't go as planned, okay? We can hopefully all agree on that. Sane people can say, yeah, that shouldn't have happened and this shouldn't have happened. We've discussed it. Discussed it repeatedly. To the chagrin of some people on either side of the aisle, many times, I listen, that's, I, I'm saying what I'm saying because I believe it. If you believe, it's up to you. But I can tell you categorically, claiming this was an insurrection is so hilariously stupid that I can't believe you'd go on the air and humiliate yourself by suggesting that. Now, the media is going to say, well, you're selectively choosing the footage you put out there, which is ironic because the media did the exact same thing and showed the worst of the worst. 
attacks on police officers and elsewhere, portraying it as, look, this was the whole day. This was the insurrection, when in fact it wasn't. So if we're living in a police state where you have to pick a person, i.e. the QAnon shaman Jacob Chansley, and search for a crime, it appears to be what happened here, given that you search for a crime that doesn't appear existed. Now, to give you a fair media kind of uh, reporting component of the story, unlike journalists out there who are hacks and goons, the Capitol Police's story, I think, is going to be, based on what I've heard in some media reports, listen, we were trying to minimize any potential for violence once they breached the perimeter. So rather than, you know, confront them, cooperation may have been the best path to end this thing quickly. Fine. But then you can't say that the cooperation didn't falsely lead people to believe you were cooperating. You get what? Does that make sense? God, am I? You can't have it both ways. If these people thought, oh, they're, they're like cooperating, letting us in. And then you're saying, yes, we were cooperating to minimize the violence. You can't then say, well, it was an insurrection where they attacked us and, and overran us. At some points there were, there was violence. But that's not, looks, that's not what happened there. Another point about this, you have an obligation. It is not voluntary. If you are an AUSA, Assistant United States Attorney, a prosecutor for the government who is going to uh, charge you in a federal court of law, you have an obligation to turn over exculpatory evidence. Folks, this is clear as yes. day exculpatory evidence that this guy was not leading an insurrection worthy of a 41-month, four-year sentence in jail. Clear as day. Now, because I'm going to give you both sides, unlike the hacks and the goons in the state-controlled media, what they're going to say is, well, the library of videos was available to the defense attorneys. It's not our fault they didn't find it. Ladies and gentlemen, the question's not crystal clear, but I can tell you from experience, most federal judges would not accept that. I cannot, if I'm prosecuting Joe for a bank robbery as a federal AUSA, I cannot turn over a ream of 7,000 pieces of paper knowing that on paper 6,946 that there's a footnote in one of the pieces that notes that Joe's not guilty. Joe was at, uh, whatever, Campy's Tuna Fish the day of the bank robbery. That's right. I cannot do that. I can't say, oh, I'm sorry you missed it. If the government knows about exculpatory evidence, which there's no question they knew about this. If Tucker's team found it in a couple of days, they knew it. They cannot bury it in a library of 72 million hours of footage, I'm being hyperbolic, you get the point, and say, my bad, sorry you didn't see it. It's a little bit of gray in that, but I'm telling you 99% of judges thinking straight, none of them are thinking straight with this case, unfortunately, would say, no, that's BS. That's BS. Folks, I'm just, I'm telling you again, I would, that day will, will live with me for a long time. It was a bad, bad day. I remember exactly what I was doing. I remember it by the second. I knew things were going to change for the worse from that point on. I knew the police state was going to use that as an excuse. It's why I talked about it the next day and said, gosh, this is, this is the worst possible thing that could have happened. Go back and watch the show.
But that does not, does not offer an excuse to usher in a police state and to put a guy in jail for a crime. It appears on that video he absolutely did not commit. They were looking for a crime for that guy. What's the second uh, component of a police state? Well, of course, you don't just search for people in search of a crime. In order to get those people, you need surveillance. You need to abuse it. Now we find out from the great Julie Kelly on her Twitter feed, at Julie underscore Kelly too. You know, we've heard some people claim, especially on the left, that the geofence warrant, in other words, it's like a virtual fence put around a location where they go to the, the cell phone companies and they say, hey, who was here? Whose cell phone was pinging in this area? Well, we were led to believe because, you know, liberals want to cover up the police state we live in now that, no, the surveillance was limited and these geofence warrants were only for people who went inside the Capitol, which is interesting because they told us geofence warrants uh, and geofencing technology is not accurate. Remember 2000 mules, guys? They were like, no, yeah. no, no, that stuff doesn't yeah. work. It's all a scam, which is weird because they used it to prosecute people on January 6th saying, look, those people were inside the Capitol. Crazy because we were told it wasn't that accurate. But isn't this strange? Julie Kelly, who's been all over this case, notes some have maintained the geofence warrant, talking about by the FBI, only targeted the inside of the Capitol building. Well, that's demonstrably false, as FBI complaints routinely indicate the location extended beyond the Capitol itself. You can look at the complaint right here. That the cell phone of this person was located in the geographic area that includes the interior of the U.S. Capitol. Oh, includes. That's interesting. We were told it was just inside the Capitol. It's almost as, again, we're living in a surveillance state right now where your cell phone is a homing beacon and uh, constitutional due process has gone flushed right down the old toilet bowl. Check this out, too. You think we're not moving? You think it's getting better, not worse? No, no, no. It's about to get a lot worse. Reclaim the net. You can read these articles in my newsletter today, bongito.com slash newsletter, if you want to check it out. Joe Biden's accused of exploring the authoritarian digital dollar. The digital dollar. No more cash, folks. Everything controlled by the government. In March, President Joe Biden signed an executive order requiring the Federal Reserve to research, experiment, and evaluate the risks and benefits of a digital dollar. You can read the piece. It's from the other day. Because there's a lawmaker putting out a bill now to stop this. That's why the update. It was March of 2022 and he did that. You think this is getting better? Now they not only know where your cell phone is, you've got a homing beacon on you 24 hours a day, but they know exactly where you spent your dinero, folks, all the time. Not to mention they can shut it down. They can wipe it out. They can confiscate tax dollars right away from the digital dollar. You think the abuse of surveillance is getting any better? I got news for you. It's getting a whole lot worse. Of course, a police state doesn't only abuse surveillance and investigate people in search of crimes like the QAnon shaman. They also have state-controlled media apparatchiks. We've had Pravda. We've had these outlets throughout human history that have worked on behalf of the state to suppress opposition, get opposition targeted, to tell a story, not the story. We have that here, too. I'm going to show you here in a minute using a series of videos that are damning about how the media got a talking point about January 6th in order to suppress the video you just saw of Jacob Chansley. The talking point was what? You can't release that video. It'd give up security methods that foreign governments would say, really? Foreign governments, they can't just get a tour of the Capitol, look around themselves? 
It's kind of weird because I did security for a living. It's kind of strange how thousands of people march through the Capitol every day. And all of a sudden, the same pathways they march are now secured. They're secured. No one's allowed in there. People take cell phones and they're all that video, the whole thing. Kind of weird how the media doesn't want you to see something. So they all harp on the same talking point. Watch, you'll catch it coming up in a second. First, uh, winchiawow.com. I love this product. Listen, we have a sponsor. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I just had uh, my cars cleaned and I gave my buddy the windshield wow to do it with. Why? Because it cleans both sides of the windows at the same time. It's from Wow Auto Parts. It's appropriately named because I said that the first time I used it. The Windshield Wow is an ingenious windshield cleaning device. It uses two magnetic cleaning paddles. They're really strong. Came together like that. One on the outside, one on the inside. It cleans both sides of the window, of the windshield, all from the outside. All you do is push around the outside paddle and the inside follows and cleans the inside automatically. I live in Florida. Windshields get dirty quick. It's dangerous. No more struggling to clean the inside of the windshield. The windshield wow applies the firm cleaning pressure to clean both sides, and it's super thin. It gets in those tight spaces. I need the windshield clean. I don't like driving around myself or with the kids with a nasty, dirty windshield that you can't see anything with, especially at night. Hazen film builds up. You know how it gets. Windshield wow is the fastest and least. It's the most hassle-free way to get super clean, streak-free, and safe windshields. We were so impressed, Paul and I. We got two of them. Go to windshieldwow.com. Get this ingenious cleaning device now and save yourself a lot of cleaning headaches. That's windshieldwow.com, windshieldwow.com. Use Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, at checkout for a special discount. That's windshieldwow.com. Thanks, Windshield Wow, for being our newest sponsor. Love the product. Check it out, windshieldwow.com. Okay, we mentioned all the stuff, state-controlled media. Of course, a key component of a growing, flowering police state, right? The talking point went out. We need to suppress and censor the January 6th videos. We can't let the public see the damning information you just saw. So what do we do in controlled with uh, in, in conjunction with our government warlords who we kiss the ass? What do we do? Lips surgically attached to the ass, Joe, of their deep state warlords. What do we do? We say it's security. Security. People will fall for that, definitely. Look how the talking points. Here's the hapless goon, Dana Milbank, one of the biggest losers in media. Here's Milbank parrying this, parroting the security narrative. Deep state Milbank. Check this out. Day after day, it seems that he breaks uh, uh, precedent after precedent. This is another one of the promises he made to the holdouts to uh, to give him uh, the speakership. Uh, according to Matt Gates himself, this is one of the things that Kevin McCarthy promised to release uh, all of this footage, of course, he's not released it. He's released it specifically uh, to Tucker Carlson, who can edit it and doctor it any uh, which way. Look, I understand why the other media are asking for the same thing. The truth is this doesn't belong in the public domain for anybody. Uh, in uh, Kevin McCarthy's sort of cravenness to uh, uh, cater to the Matt Gateses and the Tucker Carlsons, he is risking uh, the security of himself and of his colleagues, uh, and of the Capitol uh, itself. This is hilarious, this absolute clown show. Just go look at this guy's body of work if you want to laugh. It's comical. It, he, this guy, is he's not even a good leftist activist who pretends to be some kind of reporter, journalist. Outside of that, notice how he, the security talking point is picked up right away. And he hilariously mentions how, oh, it's a real danger of selective editing. Selective editing? That's exactly what happened up to this point. You didn't see these videos because they were 
selectively edited by you clowns. What's this an example of? You guys would really impress me if you know this. The Dan Bongino. Jim, you got to add this to the podcast. Uh, Jim's writing a book on my lines in the podcast. This is the Dan Bongino what? The dipsy do flipperoo theory. It's a very complicated scientific matter. Where whatever the Democrats are doing, they do the flipperoo and they accuse you of doing. You understand you never saw these videos before because the January 6th videos were selectively edited by liberals in the media to make you believe something that wasn't true. Insurrection. And now this clown Milbank is complaining about the risk of selectively edited videos. Do you realize how dumb you have to be to fall for this? I got sorry. I just I really can't stand these guys. They are such epic losers and they are so easy to discredit. You see how they picked up. I don't want to lose a point. You see how they picked up on the state sponsored talking point about security. Here's another zero. Kyle Cheney. He's on whatever, MSNBC, whatever it may be. Watch, listen, it's the exact same talking point. Oh, security's at risk. Security's at risk? Are you serious? You know how many people have walked through the Capitol over the last hundred years? Here, take a look. What the Capitol Police is most concerned about is a wide release of massive amounts of footage, because that would enable bad actors, including, for example, foreign intelligence services, to glean information about vulnerabilities in the Capitol. Uh, and so that, I think, is why the, the department has been opposed to these sort of wide releases. Now, we, now McCarthy hasn't said he's going to release all of this widely to everyone. Uh, and if he ever does, it would probably be with some restrictions. Um, but he does say he wants to release a large amount of it publicly. Uh, so the question is, how will they balance that line between security and, and transparency on that? Folks, deep breaths, man. I did this for a living. This is the equivalent of suggesting that the open areas of the White House, they give tours of. Do you ever go to an East Wing tour? You ever been there, Jokey? You ever been there? No, I never have. You, you have? You walk through the White I mean, you can literally walk through. You can take pictures. You can do whatever you like. You can walk through the diplomatic uh, reception room in some cases. Most times it's just the state floor. The East Room, you can definitely see the Red Room, the Green Room. You can see it all right there. You can walk through and take pictures. Now, suggesting that one day, God forbid, someone overran the White House like Antifa and BLM tried to do during the Trump administration suggesting that they made their way into the East Room and you can't release those videos because they're a security threat is laughably stupid. There are secure and unsecure areas. Now, as a guy who did this for a living again, if Tucker's team had, which they did not, but had released videos of secure bunker-type areas, weapons, depots, and locations, I'd say, yeah, that's a problem. None of that happened. Kyle Cheney and Dana Milbank know that. Because they're not stupid, but because they've been given their instructions, say it's a security risk. When they absolutely categorically know it's not, shows you what? That again, they are apparatchiks of the new police state media symbiote. They were, they, they were told or winked and nodded at to say that. Now, you always need a useful idiot, right? <laughs> you know where we're going with this? When I, you always need a useful idiot with the patina of authenticity, right? A guy who, who's got a resume, you know, the 51 intelligence officials, deep state police goons always need one of their own, one of their own from the inside 
to lend their argument authenticity. So whenever the deep state, police state, media symbiote needs a useful idiot to go on TV and parrot their security talking point, where do they go? There's nobody better than our boy, Guy said, Joe. And you know who he is? Yes. Frank Fugazi, baby. He's back. Take a look. Concern, of course, obviously, is the security concerns that arise from false conspiracy theories. We know they are dangerous. We know they lead to violence. And so if, for example, this host on, on Fox decides to play only things that indicate uh, or allow him to blow up conspiracy theories. Oh, look, that looks like a Fed. Oh, look, it looks like someone instigated this. Oh, look, there's an hour of people doing nothing peacefully. Um, if that keeps going forward and it's ginned up into the notion that all the prosecutions are witch hunts against people uh, for, who were violent January 6th, that it could really pose a danger and a threat in terms of violence. Again, every regime needs a dumb, useful idiot apparatchik. For Gazy, it's almost like he solicits this. Anyone looking for a village idiot? I'm your guy. You know, I Every gotta hit time. it. Every time. Here it comes. I guess eight. <laughs> eight. <laughs> I had to do it. Eight. Eight. <laughs> If you ha if you haven't seen eight eight by Fugazi, <laughs> you gotta watch that. It's a, I said for Heil Hitler. Trump was signaling to White. Why is no one talking about this? Because you're the only idiot who actually believes that. This is Fugazi every time. Again, he knows better. He's just doing the media. The, you understand how they couldn't care. They couldn't have cared any less when BLM and Antifa nearly took down the White House during their riots. Folks, I know Secret Service agents were there. I got the real inside scoop about what happened. It's worse than you think. They had no problem reporting about Trump being evacuated to the bunker, how it happened, none. None. I thought, well, why isn't that a concern, security concern? You weren't worried. They, they thought that was hilarious. Bunker boy was trending. But... Video about the Capitol and public spaces everybody's seen all the sons of security. Come on, man. Give me a break. By the way, showing you the state control media, instead of the media asking for evidence that Jacob Chansley, the QAnon shaman, was actually guilty, which a fair media would do, they played into the whole thing. Putting this guy in jail because they love the police state. Here, take a look at part two of that Tucker hit. And watch, listen to the media's portrayal of this guy and tell me who's on the up and up here. Check this out. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th, the indisputable facts recorded on video, some of which has never before been seen, with the depiction of Jacob Chansley that you've seen in the media for more than two years. He's a terrorist, they said. He should be killed. Shoot him. Yeah. Shoot him. Like, if it, you burst into the United States, if he was dressed like bin Laden, would you have shot him? Shoot him. Shoot him. It makes you wonder, who are the violent extremists here? Not Jacob Chansley. And the video proves that. But you would never have known from the media coverage. The people sitting in the chairs need to be sitting in a jail cell. Chansley is in a jail cell. He's been there for months. If he was, in fact, committing such a grave crime, why didn't the officers who were standing right next to him place him under arrest? Until now, no one could even prove that even happened. But it did. Folks, you can't have a police state without state-controlled media. You can't have a police state without surveillance and abuse of it. 
You can't have police state without weaponized, a police state without weaponized government searching for people in search of crimes. I think I just made a conclusive case closed case that those things are happening right now. Police state's here. Deny it at your own peril. There's more, too. Silencing opposition. Something happened with whistleblowers yesterday. Stay tuned. The media now. I thought they love whistleblowers. No more. Folks, policy genius. If you have a family like I do, you know how much your loved ones depend on you. In a worst case scenario, you wouldn't want them to worry about money, right? A good life insurance plan can give you peace of mind that if something happens to you, your family will have a safety net to cover mortgage payments, college costs, or other expenses so they can get back on their feet and focus on what's most important. Policy Genius was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $25 per month for $1 million worth of coverage. Some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find the best fit for your needs. They work for you, not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. There are no added fees, and your personal details are private. No wonder they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com, policygenius.com. Check them out today. Okay. So another thing you have to do in a police state is you have to silence the opposition, which of course requires that you attack whistleblowers who don't parrot the official government narrative, the QAnon shove and let it insurrection. That's the narrative. Is there any video evidence of that? Hell no. So what do we do? Well, we censor it, of course. Here, New York Times. I thought we love whistleblowers, by the way. Remember we were supposed to protect him? Remember Vinman? Yeah. Whistleblower? Twinkies? Remember that guy? They loved him. Whistleblower. Oh, hey, you got to protect us. I'll show you that video in a second. New York Times. Oh, look at that. Look. Look who's back. Gee, Adam Goldman. Deep state Adam. Adam was told to tell you. There he is. Adam Goldman. Adam Goldman. You know, anytime the deep state uh, needs a talking point out there. Who do they go to? They're like, they have their people. It's like a rollerball thing with names. Natasha Bertrand, Adam Goldman, David Korn. Who do we go to? Adam Goldman, the ball pops out. GOP witnesses, talking about FBI agents, whistleblowers, paid by a Trump ally and embraced January 6th conspiracy theories. <laughs> Wait, this gets better. Democrats say a trio of witnesses billed as whistleblowers provided no evidence of wrongdoing, espoused false claims about the Capitol riot, and were compensated by an ally of former president of the former president. He's talking about Kyle Serafin, Steve Friend, and other heroic, patriotic FBI agents who walked away from good, solid, professional careers in the FBI to blow the whistle. I thought we were protecting whistleblowers. This article is such a disgrace to humankind. Adam Goldman, who's a life loser, whose family should abandon him immediately and run away from this clown and change their last names instantly, right? Adam Goldman should be horrified for what he's done. Not only do they, of course, attack them, but they attacked him. And it's funny, the article had to issue a correction almost immediately, suggesting one of the FBI whistleblowers did not complain to his supervisor about the weaponization of SWAT teams to go after people. Kind of a big mistake, right? Folks, these FBI whistleblowers, you can watch Kyle Servant's interview uh, on my podcast. It's from a couple months ago. 
You tell me if he's embracing conspiracy theories or if he's telling you what he actually saw in the FBI. How would Adam Goldman know that? Adam Goldman wasn't exactly in the FBI. Adam Goldman's too busy uh, in his mama's basement uh, watching porn and roasting s'mores all day. All of a sudden, they want to uh, silence whistleblowers at the FBI protecting government malfeasance. Kind of sounds like a police state to me. Remember when we were told it was so important to protect whistleblowers, however, you can't even name them? Now, to be fair, Kyle and Steve aren't interested in staying anonymous. But we were told at one point that they're so important, you can't even name them. They are to be protected. They're like little mini gods on planet Earth. They're never to be questioned at all. Remember this? Remember this from uh, Alexander Vindman's testimony up on Capitol Hill? Vindman's one of these total zeros. Vindman's a guy who has spent uh, the last few months, uh, last year or so, actually attacking anyone he believes is a, a political opponent of the regime. And this is him talking about the whistleblower for the impeachment trial. And he's about to kind of say some information. And Adam Schiff jumps right in. No, no, we got to protect the whistleblowers. I wonder if he's telling Adam Goldman that today. Yeah, watch this. As you know, the intelligence community has 17 different agencies. Uh, what agency was this individual from? If I could interject here, we don't want to use these proceedings. It's our time. I know, Chair. But we need to protect the whistleblower. Um, if, please stop. I want to make sure that uh, there's no effort to out the whistleblower uh, through the use of these proceedings. Um, if the witness has a good faith belief that this may reveal the identity of the whistleblower, uh, that is not the purpose that we are here for. Uh, again, it, it, <laughs> suppress in a police state any opposition and whistleblow and be hypocrites too, by the way. Whistleblowers are to be protected unless they blow the whistle on the FBI. All right, I got a lot more to get to. I want to get to this too. What else does a police state require? We're here now. They're like, oh, warning, the police state's coming. It's here right now, today. Every police state has captured corporate, the corporate component of its economy, the business side of its economy to get it to, get it to do its business. You can't have a free economy in a police state. It doesn't work that way. Whether it's financing through lobbyist police state activities and the people who support it, or using the corporations to spy on America, every police state says, oh, come on, Dan, that's not happening now. Every police state's had that component. It is happening now. It's happening right here. Margot Cleveland, the Federalist. Did you read this piece? Whistleblower. There was a whistleblower. I thought they didn't say anything. Oh, here's an FBI whistleblower. I thought we were just told by Adam Clownshow Goldman that they didn't say anything. This was all made up. Strange. Another FBI whistleblower said that the D.C. office of the FBI tried to sick local agents on innocent people after Bank of America volunteered gun records. Wait, what? According to the material reviewed, an FBI employee by the name of George Hill testified that on either January 7th or 8th, Bank of America provided the FBI's D.C. field office a, quote, huge list of individuals who use Bank of America credit or debit cards in D.C. or the surrounding Maryland and Virginia areas on or around January 6th. Bank of America also elevated to the top of the list anyone who had ever, through January 6th, used a Bank of America product to purchase a firearm. Isn't that interesting? That's so, 
my guy, gosh, that's crazy. Because didn't we read a story like that the other day about Discover Cards doing that now too? Yeah. Yes, we did. It's even in the Fox News piece in the newsletter today. Discover Financial to reportedly track gun store purchases starting in April. Like That's so weird. That's so weird. Police states, far off in the future. Worry about the police state coming tomorrow. No, no, don't worry about it coming tomorrow because it's here now. Corporate cronyism, working with the police state. It's here right now. Wait, what do you think this is? What business does Discover or Bank of America have in providing your private financial information if you've done nothing wrong? Oh, that's right. Because let's go back to step one, Joe. We're searching for people in search of a crime. That's right. That's right. That's how we... Sounds like a police state. Damn. Amazing how we keep you... Hey, he does the the Iraqi one. That's hilarious. So the final piece of the police state puzzle is you definitely have to corrupt law enforcement too. Law enforcement doesn't become law enforcement. It becomes a tool for, to search for people in search of a crime. Not your constitutional duty to investigate crimes in search of people. I'll show you what I mean by that in a second. Let me get to my, uh, my last sponsor first. I appreciate your time. ZipRecruiter. It takes all kinds of talent to keep a workplace running smoothly. Take the White House, for example. We all know about the standard White House role, secretary, speechwriters, counsel. But you know the White House also has an executive pastry chef, a director of youth correspondence, and a chief calligrapher. I actually didn't know about the chief calligrapher. It's just like if you own a growing business, you need the right people to keep your workplace going strong. So if you're hiring, there's only one place to go to fill all your roles, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds the most qualified candidates for your roles. From dog walker and creative director to economic advisor and more. See a candidate to be perfect for your job? ZipRecruiter makes it easy to send them a personal invite so they're more likely to apply. ZipRecruiter also offers attention-grabbing labels that speak to job flexibility like remote, training provided, urgent, and more to really help your job stand out. So why even the most prestigious uh, prestigious businesses count on ZipRecruiter? It's because four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter, they get a quality candidate within the first day. Simply go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. Check them out. Thanks, ZipRecruiter. So, want to enact the police state, which is here right now. I don't think you can make a more conclusive case. You definitely need to corrupt law enforcement, too. So law enforcement, you know, if you're in a law enforcement, you're powerful, you got a gun and a badge, the ability to take someone's life and their freedom, and you have a government commission book and a badge to do it, you probably want to be very cautious who you use as sources to target people, right? Kind of makes sense, right? You want sources who are going to give you information about criminals, not sources who are going to tell you to target people in search of crimes because they're their political opponents. So you'd probably want to pick reliable people. Well, this is fascinating. Hat tip Greg Price, one of my favorite followers on, uh, on Twitter. One of the Antifa members arrested on domestic terrorism charges in Atlanta last night. This happened a couple days ago. Remember that attack on the police uh, training center grounds there? Is a staff attorney with the Southern Poverty Law Center. A bunch of liberal goons like you've never seen before. Wait, wait, the FBI's used the Southern Poverty Law Center as a source? 
for who should be considered domestic terrorists? Look at this guy. Wow. Now, of course, everyone's innocent until proven guilty. Unlike the Southern Poverty Law Center and others, I actually believe that. This is fascinating. This gentleman was arrested. Southern Poverty Law Center. So wouldn't it be weird if the FBI was using the Southern Poverty Law Center as a source? That would be really strange, right? I'll get to that in a second. Here's some video of what that attack looked like, that the allegations are this guy had some role in either being there or partaking. And again, allegations, fair enough. But still interesting, right? Take a look for yourself what this looked like. This is the Cop City site. Construction vehicles are up in flames. It's like a trailer for uh, the construction crew. About to be up in flames. Smoke bombs. Cops just seem to watch. Looks like a terror attack to me from Antifa, which of course is the anti-First Amendment hate group and terror group. But you know, don't worry about it. The FBI's busy going after January 6th grandmas with geofence stuff to track anyone who went to the area and working with private companies to make sure if you spent a dollar or took it out of an ATM near a location on January 6th, you'll probably find yourself in the gulag too, like Jacob Chansley for walking around the Capitol guided by the Capitol Police. But they have no time at all to investigate Antifa, the anti-First Amendment group. Why is that? Because here's our hapless loser of an FBI director, Christopher Ray, suggesting hilariously that, ah, Antifa, it's just an idea. It's not like a group. It's an idea. An idea what? That people subscribe to in a group that acts like terrorists? Listen to yourself. We look at Antifa as more of an ideology or a movement than an organization. Uh, really? The idea burned those tractors down in Atlanta? And this, was an idea, Joe, an idea that did that. It's an idea that wow. killed that guy on the West Coast. It's an idea that burned down and broke into locations in liberal cities during the George Floyd riots. Don't worry, it's just an idea. It's the FBI director. You need corrupted law enforcement in a police state. But don't worry, that Antifa attack, no sweat. There's allegations that a Southern Poverty Law Center uh, affiliated person was involved in that. This is really strange because Fox News reported, Brooke Singman a while ago, that Jim Jordan cited this FBI document that the Southern Poverty Law Center was supporting their assessments about the targeting of the FBI's assessments is they should target Catholics who went to Latin Mass. It's kind of like the police state's already here, isn't it? Refute anything I've, I've told you. I'm I'm open to it. You can't. You can't. All right, a couple other stories I wanted to get to. Kind of along the same vein, although moving away slightly from this police state is here story. Folks, I discussed a story yesterday that I, I, I kind of find a little tragically comical in some ways because I don't think the media understands the tragedy they're causing themselves by openly supporting uh, the the uh, opponents in this Fox News lawsuit. NPR seems to, NPR of all places, Joe. NPR seems to finally be getting it that this uh, election lawsuit with Fox News that if Fox loses this lawsuit, that this might be a really bad thing. It took a little while. Do you remember, we talked about this yesterday? Remember how? It's hilarious to watch these media people who think this case. We got to get those Fox News people. 
not understanding that they would create an entirely new standard for news organizations that every single opinion aired by a prominent politician or newsmaker put on the air to cover it would have to be vetted first. Do they not understand that? That it would bury their networks almost instantly? I mean, think about it. If I were Carter Page, right, guys? Carter Page in the spy gig, a guy who was unquestionably spied on by the FBI, I would sue these media organizations right up the hill. Sue them right up the hill. But why? You aired allegations against me without properly vetting them. Here's NPR finally catching on. Fox News stands in legal peril. It says defamation loss would harm all media. Uh, That's because it would? Here, NPR. They quote this, uh, this Jane Kirtley. Were Fox to lose the case, there would be a scramble by other news organizations to distance themselves from Fox's techniques and Fox's editorial decisions, Kirtley says. But the problem is that by lifting the veil on the editorial decision-making process, we're now going to see all news organizations called into question going forward. Uh, gee, do you think? This is one of those back to the view. Hello, McFly moments. You, you're just figuring this out now? She says she believes such a verdict finding Fox liable for defamation would encourage more such cases. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to leave that there. We need an LOL moment. It's been a heavy show today. Anybody changing their vote on Karine Jean-Pierre, worst press secretary in U.S. history? Sucks. Anyone? No, okay, in case you were thinking, anyone thinking about it? He says he was thinking about it. No, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> in case you were thinking about it, which Guy says he was not, I don't want to indict Guy here. Here's Karine Jean-Pierre yesterday. It's just a simple LOL. There's nothing deep to this segment at all. About a 10-second clip. Karine Jean-Pierre apparently doesn't realize Washington, D.C., uh, is in fact the city here. Uh, take a look. We believe D.C. should be a statehood. I mean, we've been very clear. The president has been very clear. Again, D.C. is not a state. It's not a city. Uh, the reason why this bill was coming before, before the president is because that is the case, right? It's not a state. It's not a city. So doesn't mean that it stops our support for uh, their statehood. <laughs> Dude, she doesn't only say it once. She says it twice. D.C.'s uh, an idea like Antifa. <laughs> it's not a state. It's, not, it's an idea. Just like you should get with Christopher Ray, they can coordinate their talking points. All right, I want to get through this too. Possibly the most racist thing you're ever going to see broadcast on a podcast, TV, or anywhere else caught on video. Here is apparently a resident of California. I don't know who this guy is. He's speaking at a public meeting about reparations. Now, I'm not sure what's a worse idea, reparations or the student loan repayment program. They are both ridiculously stupid. Um, regardless, Here's a gentleman who gets up at this thing, reparations, you know, payments for people who they believe were descendants of slaves. Again, I can't think of a, I'm not sure what's worse, the student loan welfare program or reparations. You who never possessed slaves, thankfully, paying back people who never were slaves for something you didn't do and object to in the strongest possible terms. I, I can't think of anything more unfair than the entire idea. It's so ridiculous. But here's a guy saying something unbelievably racist. If you don't give black people money, then they're just going to continue to steal from people. It's the only way to stop. What? You don't, no, listen to yourself. Capital, money, 
reparations. That will stimulate this economy for the 2.6 million blacks in California. There's only one thing that would stop our children from busting into these liquor stores. There's only one thing that would stop our kids from busting into these jewelry stores, stealing watches and jewelry. And that's reparations. Can we do um, a little Joe, a little uh, racisty check? Joe, is that a racisty kind of talk, you think? It seemed pretty much like it was. Seems then. so. Yeah. Seems so. Yeah. yeah. Gee, racisty? He's giving it. He's actually checking. He says, yes, this checks all the boxes for okay. racism. So just to be clear. Yeah, you're not wrong. Joe. Don't worry. You did not venture out onto kind of a, a thin ground or a thin <laughs> plank out there. Don't you worry. So just to be clear, black residents of California I had to write this down to be sure I didn't get this wrong. We'll only stop stealing if you pay them reparations. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get over these people. I, I even repeating what that guy said. I got to tell you. Puts a little like hairball in my throat. I can't believe that was actually said. Now, I don't know what the worst idea is. Candidly reparations or the student loan welfare program. Just quick. This article on Axios made me laugh. Debt relief limbo leaves borrowers on edge over financial future. Notice how they characterize the student loan welfare program. Debt relief. Debt relief. <laughs> I have to pay your student loans. It's relief. Not relief for me. It's relief for you. So they note that, Joe, this is such a... And you're going to... Guys, you got a Kleenex? You, you might get choked up over this story. So they go to this lady, Shanna Hayes. She's 34. And they note that borrowers who qualify for relief, in other words, welfare, say the plan would give them the leeway to make big financial moves they've been putting, uh, putting off, like buying a house, starting a family. Shanna Hayes, 34, who's currently unemployed and based in Alexandria, Virginia, said that if Biden's plan went through the welfare program, she likely could co-own a home with her wife in coming years. I can't. This is devastating. This is devastating. Shanna Hayes may not be able to own a home. Now, notice they don't mention. They don't give a rat's ass that you may not be able to own a home because you've got to finance this entire student loan welfare program. It's about Shanna Hayes and others. I don't know what I'll do if you don't pay my student loans because I'm currently unemployed. As if it's my problem, you got a degree that led to you being currently unemployed when I didn't. I'm really sorry. You can go get a job. Go get a job. I love how they frame this whole thing. Oh my gosh, we need relief or she's not going to be able to buy a home. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to be able to buy a home because your tax rate's going to go through the roof to finance this debacle. Joe, yeah, yeah, good point. What's Shauna's degree in exactly? Can we get her on the show? And why are you unemployed? We were just told, uh, wait, one more point, I'm sorry. Weren't we just told it's the greatest economy ever by Joe Biden? There's all these jobs yeah, out there? Yeah, Boy, can't she find a job? All right, before we go again, one last time, my book, The Gift of Failure, it's available now. It is a, I think, sometimes funny, sometimes dramatic account of the many failures in my life. Everything from me not getting into medical school and the debacle that happened afterwards to the parlor collapse. You, you deserve to hear those stories from me. A lot of Secret Service stuff, some police stuff there, some stuff about my personal life I haven't shared before. The Gift of Failure by me, Dan Bongino. Pick up a copy today. I'd really appreciate it. And please subscribe to the podcast. We uh, moved up a spot yesterday, so thank you. We moved up to uh, number four in news. 
So thank you very much. It's free. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and rumble.com slash Bongino. You can join every day for the live chat at 11 a.m. Thanks a lot. See you back here tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.